Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Christian, and you are watching Ride the Fence. Today, we're going to go over whatever a few things that have happened over the past week, as usual. Uh, the first thing that I wanted to do is show you guys a couple clips of Kamala Harris uh, recently. I believe this is when he was speaking to the uh, president of Poland in Warsaw and uh, was asked a question regarding um, how we should handle the refugee situation um, in the Ukraine. And this, I think the the, um, the clip speaks for itself. So let's go ahead and get that pulled up here. Hold on just a second. All right. Looks like we're on the right page here. All right. Sorry about the, uh, there we go. All right, here we go. The UN has set up a process by which there will be a review and investigations, and we will, of course, participate as appropriate and necessary. But we all watched. I just want to pause for just a second and say this is actually not um, the clip of her laughing that has made a lot of the news recently. This is actually the clip of her. Tell me that this doesn't sound like Michael Scott to you from The Office. The television coverage of just yesterday, that's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see. And because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened. But just limited to what we have seen. Pregnant women going for health care, being injured by, I don't know, a missile, a bomb? In an unprovoked, unjustified war, where a powerful country is trying to take over another country, violate its sovereignty, its territorial integrity, for the sake of what? Nothing that is justified or provoked? Absolutely there should be an investigation. And we should all be watching. And I have no question the eyes of the world are on this war and what Russia has done in terms of this aggression and these atrocities. I have no doubt. Okay, so as you can uh, clearly hear in that last clip that I played, she is giving nothing of substance. It, it does sound exactly like some sort of awkward scene in the office. Um, she... She's such an unlikable person. I, I can't imagine the Democratic Party being willing to run her on the top of a ticket um, during a presidential race. I mean, she didn't get a single delegate for a reason. She was mocked endlessly by Saturday Night Live, one of the most liberal comedy groups on the planet, um, for a reason. Um, and it's, it's because nobody likes her. Nobody likes her. And the only reason why she's in office at all right now is because she was at the bottom of the ticket. She was not who they were voting for. This was a, a protest vote against Donald Trump, one that I think many, many people in this country are currently regretting and all over the world. Um, here is another clip of, from this exact same, um, you know, 
you know, this exact past week as well, where she's asked a question, she's speaking with the, this is what I was initially talking about here, and I just got the clips mixed up. Um, this is what I meant to play the first time, but this is her asking a, a uh, being asked a question regarding refugees and then not being able to help, I guess, but laugh because she thought that um, this was the appropriate time for that, I guess. to ask you about some reporting that my colleague here in Poland noticed. He recently spoke with the mayor of the largest border town who told him that the refugee system is essentially not set up for this, that it will collapse. It's an improvised system that can work for maybe two weeks, but not indefinitely. And I'm wondering what the United States is going to do more specifically to set up a permanent infrastructure. And relatedly, is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees? And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. <laughs> a friend in need is a friend in need. <laughs> okay, I, I can first. Okay, so this time. Szanowna pani redaktor. Okay, I just want to point out that to me that pretty much sounds like she doesn't know what she's talking about and she is hoping that he has some sort of information that she didn't have because she wasn't prepared for the question. It also encourages me to add that to this laugh track right here. And this is all different. This is various Kamala Harris laughs is my favorite button for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So anyway, um, that is the vice president of the United States of America. Um, she doesn't, she, she's similar to Joe Biden in that she doesn't seem to have any sort of clue what, ex, what is going on around her. And when she doesn't, when she's asked a question she's not prepared for, she famously laughs, which is why she sounds like the fucking Joker, um, because that's all she that's all she really does do is laugh. Uh, so a lot has been going on regarding all of this. I believe that we've been getting giving given a lot of information about bombs being dropped on healthcare facilities and other places like that in the Ukraine by Russia. Russia is denying these allegations. I'm not, I'm sure that they're full of shit. I mean, this is an authoritarian dictatorship basically that we're, we're talking about here. So I'm not standing here, sitting here, whatever, wanting to take up for them. But I do think that it's important that we question the larger narrative here, which is that uh, it seems to be pointing in the direction that we should go to war there should be a full-scale um attack um it's gotten to the point now where actually uh, facebook and instagram you know facebook owns instagram uh for anybody who didn't know that now you do um they they have pointed out that they will allow people to call for violence including death um against those uh, members of Russia who are currently invading the Ukraine. Now, I don't know about y'all, but to me, that is scary as hell. The idea that this group is able to, at will, determine what you can and can't say at any given time, um, and then the this the dumb, you know, Democrat argument against uh, anybody who's 
pointing out that the censorship is inappropriate is that it's a private business. Well, that's where most of our interactions occur. So if we don't have the right to speak on the platform where most of us speak most of the time, then we don't have that right, do we? But anyway, they have pointed out that they don't mind if you call for death against members of the Russian military who are invading the Ukraine right now. That's totally acceptable temporarily because they agree with it. Now, I, I do not think that that is the correct direction for us to go as a society where we decide that big tech is allowed to determine whether or not we're allowed to call for threats of violence or death against people. We should not allow these platforms to be able to do this. And this is just another opportunity, I guess, for me to point out that I believe that they should be ruled um, to be public utilities similar to AT&T, Verizon, et cetera, because those companies, you know, there are awful people all over the world who have these phones. There are actual Nazis who have cell phones. There are actual um, terrorist organizations, all of which have phone service through AT&T, Verizon, etc. And no one is shitting a brick about that. No one's getting upset and saying, hey, AT&T, you shouldn't let a Nazi use the phone because at the end of the day, what we all know is that it does not mean that AT&T is a racist organization because a racist goes and gets a phone that is powered by AT&T. And there's no way that AT&T could possibly know whether or not you're joking or you actually have a particular view. They don't have any way of knowing that because they can't read your mind because no one can. And so, yes, it's true that it's a little bit different to have a phone call and talk to someone on the phone and say something and it just be in that moment. And they're really other than through recording and then posting it on the Internet later, um, there's no way to actually interact with that statement the same way that there is on social media and through social media of course you know it stays up and it can it can have a much larger overall impact on the psyche or whatever you want to call it of people who have seen it um it's in some capacity you know it's it may be different from a phone in, in several ways, but at the end of the day, it is the new form of communication. So we either have the right to free speech or we don't. Um, big tech should not be determining whether or not we're allowed to get mad at people on the Internet or not. Um, and it, it's not it shouldn't just be OK just because they say so. Uh, but right now, um, Russia is claiming that the Ukraine has basically this is an age old um situation where now weapons of mass destruction basically is what Putin is crying. He's saying the UK has WMDs that have been, you know, funded, you know, they've been bankrolled by the United States government, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. I believe it says 200. The report also highlighted this is uh, this is one of the articles um, that I read and just a very small little clip here of it. Uh, <clears throat> the report also highlighted allegations from Russia's defense ministry that claims the United States spent $200 million on Ukrainian labs for a, for a purported bioweapons program. Russia claims its troops uncovered evidence during Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine, which he calls a special military operation. Now, at this point, I'm I'm very hesitant hesitant to say that that is actually not true because of the fact that it seems to me that throughout each passing moment of every single day, life becomes more and more realistic 
or excuse me, more and more unrealistic. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, but it reminds me and most of us who I think are paying attention to this situation at the moment um, to the United States saying that, you know, in the Middle East there are weapons of mass destruction, and that is why we should, you know, deploy troops and begin a war on terrorism. So it just sounds like probably an excuse for Putin to do whatever he wants, um, claiming that he's in fear. Um, one thing that we need to be paying attention to is I believe the uh, that Congress passed a $1.5 trillion spending bill that includes, I want to say, $13.6 billion in aid to Ukraine. Um, I think we should all take a very close look at that spending bill. I know I definitely will um, before our next segment because anything that Congress passes together is something, I mean, that is a huge red flag. That means that there's probably a lot of awful stuff in that bill. Let me see if I've got anything else here. Um, I thought this one was a little bit funny. I mean, it's really not funny. It's it's actually disturbing when you think about it. But um, apparently India the other day, the, in, the military of India was, they were doing just like routine testing on their equipment and accidentally fired a missile um, that ended up landing in Pakistan. And just the idea that as a society, we are able to shrug off accidentally shooting missiles at other countries is mind boggling to me, blows my mind that we just kind of brush over things like that. Let's see. Um, the Washington Post, uh, I watched an ad that I believe um, Mike Pence owns a political action committee and his group um, is about to release or maybe has already released an ad. Yeah, I suppose they probably already have um, released an ad that is claiming that all of our gas issues and, and ever, basically inflation itself and rising gas costs are thanks to the fact that um, Joe Biden canceled the Keystone pipeline. And because of that, it caused us to become more reliant on Russia and for our natural gas. Um, and then also, you know, just petroleum in general, I guess. And then also through that, through the higher spending, we were, we indirectly funded their war, basically insinuating that Joe Biden purposely canceled the Keystone pipeline to then fund Russia's war against the Ukraine. Now, again, I'm not here to say whether or not that's true. I just at first glance, probably, I don't think that that's true, but I mean, again, satire seems to write itself every day becomes more and more ridiculous. Reality becomes more unrealistic by the moment. But um, a few things to point out there, actually really just one major thing to point out is that even if Joe Biden had not canceled the Keystone Pipeline. It's my understanding at this moment that it would still most likely not even be finished right now. So I don't know how much of an effect it could have had, although I suppose that there's a possibility that it could have had some sort of an effect. Um, something else that was a little bit uh, noteworthy was um, the fact that uh, Jesse Smollett or Juicy Smollett or whatever you want to call him has pointed out that there has been... He has been sentenced to uh, somewhere around, I think, 150 days in jail or 120 days in jail, and then also um, is going to have to be have to pay some fines uh, for everything that he accused people who were working for him of doing to him 
against his will, you know, including, you know, like tying a noose around his neck or throwing a noose around his neck and saying some racist stuff to him. I mean, it was, it was a whole ridiculous incident. So, um, but <clears throat> what I want to end this episode on here today is, and I, I want to say that there is, I'm not sure the next time Christian will be on the show, but he will be back. So anybody who is checking in and hoping to see him, I wish he was here too. Um, but he did get a new job recently, and I think he's just kind of in the middle of working through transitioning from you know one situation to another and just the change in schedules that goes along with that. So this is not like some situation where he's not coming back or something. He will definitely be back. Um, but this is... The Washington Post is where I initially saw this. Um, a Texas county didn't count 10,000 ballots. Now the parties are at war over who is to blame. Um, and then here's a little excerpt from that. Voting machines failed to power up. Poll workers handed out the wrong size ballots. Optical scanners rejected hundreds of votes. And then, as if enough hadn't already gone wrong during the March 1st primary in Harris County, Texas... A weary election worker who had been on the job for at least 30 hours neglected to include about 10,000 of the roughly 360,000 total votes in an unofficial tally published a day after polls had closed. That is amazing, and it should give us all a lot of pause. We should be sitting here thinking to ourselves, if 10,000 ballots were so easily dismissed and then not until years later, okay, years later now, are we actually taking note of this and investigating it after the results have already been, you know, pushed onto the country? And that's just in one county. How much further down does the rabbit hole go? This is something that a lot of us are concerned about. A lot of people right now are worried that our elections are not real, that this is all set up or that there is a very simple way to change the results of an election and, you know, against the will of the people. And I think that even though we can't prove for certain that the results have been tampered with um, on purpose or anything like that, or to some degree, we can prove that these things have happened. I mean, there was even in the Democratic primary prior to Joe Biden getting the nomination, where I believe it was in Texas as well, um, some some dozens of thumb drives full of votes were found after the fact, and they were they had to be added to the numbers after the fact. Now, they say that those particular um, votes did not sway the election anyway, but how many situations like that have to occur in various places? How much anecdotal evidence do we have to have before it's enough for us to say, perhaps this isn't anecdotal. Maybe this is something that happens on a regular basis. I think that it's not fair for anybody to be siding solely with Republicans on this or solely with Democrats on this. You see a lot of um, you know, literature out there, I guess, um, that suggests that the Republican Party is specifically trying to suppress votes or that the Democratic Party is solely out to save democracy and um, make sure that the will of the people comes to, you know, comes to pass. But the reality is, is that there's 
problems with with both the legislation that both sides are putting up. You know, there may be something ridiculous that a Republican slips in, but then you look over here at something else that all these news outlets, for the most part, don't report on at all, and they don't mind ignoring all the issues with the Democratic legislation that is supposedly meant to save the vote. And but when you look at a lot of this this legislation, the Democrats, what they are asking for are things that would completely destroy the value of voting. I mean, if nobody has to prove that they are, in fact, a United States citizen and things like that, if they if we get rid of the idea altogether of some sort of voter identification to prove that you're you and then it can it can be done through the mail and you don't have to jump through nearly as many hoops the way that they want it you know same day voter registration and like that all 50 states and stuff some of those things may be helpful um but and 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 maybe a lot of us think wow that sounds practical i mean hey you can file your taxes online why can't you vote online but there has to, we have to be able to work through all of this to the point that it's basically impenetrable. There's nobody can nobody can sway these results before we're allowed to before we're able to do something like that where people can just vote at their leisure. And we're nowhere near that place right now because we already have enough problems with the systems that we have in place now. So the idea that we need to move in the opposite direction of making sure that our votes are valid and that that is somehow saving democracy while, you know, every single thing that a conservative ever introduces is somehow racist or something is just not true. I mean, I'm not saying that every single bill is good that a conservative has passed because that is a complete lie. But what I'm saying is that we all need to, I think, look a little bit closer at this. And remember the fact that years after an election, has, the results have already been implemented. We find out that 10,000 ballots were missing here or 40-something thumb drive were missing over here in this location. I mean, these sorts of things add up. It's not just anecdotal anymore. Anyway, I just, I'll leave it at that. Um, thank you to everybody who took the time to check out this episode today. Um, if you are listening to us, um, on Spotify, Apple, anywhere like that. Make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review. Um, if you're watching this on Facebook, Odyssey, um, YouTube, wherever else, make sure that you click that subscribe button, click the like button, and leave a comment. And also, if you are on YouTube, after you click that subscribe button, please click that little bitty bell and then click all so you actually get notified when a new video comes out. And as I try to say as many times as I can remember, I do not want to pay money to uh, advertise this stuff at the moment because I'm broke as hell like most of us are. So if you can find it in your heart, please share this with other people because that is advertising. That is our form of advertising here, word of mouth. Thanks again, everybody, for checking us out. And uh, I very much appreciate you all. And we will see you next time.